This episode of BAM is dedicated to the memory of Hockey Hall of Famer and Montreal Canadiens icon, Guy Lafleur. Welcome to BAM Weekly, the show where we talk some sports, we talk some entertainment, then at the end of the show, we end up bringing them together, merging them together like a good company, like a good relationship, and chat some sports entertainment, aka wrestling. We're your hosts, I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by the one, Le uh, Matt. Le uh, Le Seulement. Bonjour. Le, le Seulement. Le uh. <laughs> How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Boy, my voice just cracked. It's 7 in the morning, Boris. It's early for us here on the BAM Pod. We usually like to record these in the afternoon, but uh, we're going early. I got to go to work. I got to get a shower in me after this. How are you doing today, homie? I'm doing good. I'm doing really good, man. It is early or late. I don't know what day it is. I don't know what time it is. I literally had to ask Matt what show it is we're doing <laughs> that's what type of show we have for you we're going to be chatting some mlb there's some topics some 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 hot discussions some hot takes that we're going to probably be taking uh this episode we're going to be giving you an update on the nba playoffs then on the wrestling side i never thought i'd say this but it's all impact on bam all impact bam episode we have the go home show for rebellion and we have a rebellion preview and that's where we're gonna leave you today we're gonna stick purely with impact it's the uh it's the impact review uh on the ghosts of nwatna the worst television show ever in wrestling the first seven to ten episodes of of tna are the worst thing that's ever happened but this impact that we have now that has somehow boris survived until 2022 they're firing they're doing well yeah, they are. They are. Um, they have a huge show this Saturday. Probably the anticipation for Josh Alexander and Moose is 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 you know, I would say that it's there. Like people are talking about it. They've done a great job of setting that up. But before we get to all that sports entertainment stuff, that wrestling stuff, there's some sports stuff we got to talk about. But before even that, Matt. Before even that, how yes. are you? Oh, thanks for asking, buddy. I'm good, man. Life is good. I got to work today. It's 11 degrees right now. It's not even 8 o'clock. It's going to be a, a summer day, hopefully not too humid. And uh, yeah, man, just enjoying it. Friday. And uh, what 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 can you complain about, you know, other than yeah. not sleeping? and <laughs> Even then, man, it was a good night. Uh, caught up on my stories, caught up on uh, some, some, some streaming services. Finish the Sopranos. Finish that. Oh. Finally, uh, yeah. How do so, you feel about the ending? All these years later, you know, it's kind of funny because I obviously watched it when it originally happened, and I was okay with it. Watched it now, and I'm like, man, I can see why a lot of people were pissed off, uh, <laughs> and I'm glad that you know the collective. Uh, what's a nice way to say this? Assholeness of all of society <laughs> was as profound as it is yeah. today. That's not the nicest way to say it, but I know, <laughs> I know exactly what you mean, homie. No, you. so I didn't watch The Sopranos as it happened. I came in knowing everything about it, basically. Not, like, super, like, detailed plot points, but I knew the ending, exactly what it was going to be. And I like the ending a lot. Not watching it uh, live, I feel like, helps. Because I, I don't, you know, disagree with or begrudge anybody who was like, what the fuck was that? Like, that's how this show ended. But I read it as Tony Soprano got shot in the back of the head. That's that's why it ends so abruptly. Because you're seeing it from Tony's eyes and that's how it happens. Exactly. And one of the things, one of the lines that they say, it's spoiler alert, 20 years later, um, the Bobby Bacala. You know, and they even make a flashback to this where they were talking about getting whacked. And Bobby says, you don't even hear it. You don't see it coming. 
Exactly. Exactly right. And they, they play that line like four or five episodes before the final episode, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just episodes before and they replay yeah. it, you know, once Bobby gets whacked. So it's like exactly you know it's exactly. Coming. So, yeah, so that's my read on it. I feel like that's a lot of people's opinion, but I love that show. I think Pound for Pound, it is my favorite show ever. I haven't seen The Shield, but I've watched Breaking Bad and The Wire and Sopranos. And I think, I don't know, Breaking Bad obviously is amazing. It would be The Wire, but I hate season five of The Wire. I think it takes a sharp right turn or left turn or whatever. It's just not the same show. Sopranos is the best show ever. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with you. Uh, Did you ever watch Oz? No, I have heard good things, but it's kind of like proto. It's like that's the one in the jail, right? And it's like the first yeah. one. Yep. Yep. Yeah, no, I've, I've heard it's like super like shockingly violent and like uh, sexually explicit. And uh, yeah, no, I've not seen a second of that show, actually. Yeah, that show was great. Again, another show I watched while I was coming out. Again, uh, my parents are very lax in terms of what I watched. <laughs> you know? Uh, but no uh, doubt, no it's doubt. It's funny. Buddy. I watched The Sopranos with my parents. That's how my family got together around the television with some <laughs> hot cocoa, watching people get effed in the face, literally, <laughs> <laughs> literally and figuratively. Yes, jeez. Oh man, a o a o. No one, no one has such a Tony D'Angelo. Yeah, right, for that fucking dingbat in NXT. Anyway, Funny, man. Because we're going to be circling back to something that we've been joking about when we talk Impact later. But yeah, so that's basically what I'm what I'm up to, man. What What's today? Friday. So I'm working-ish. Friday is kind of one of those <laughs> lax days, right? Nice. Um, and then tonight, going to watch some Rampage because I believe much later tonight, Mike Joe and myself, we're going to trios the Rampage Ramble. Nice. A trios tag team match, as they are officially known in AEW, I think. But yeah, man, cool. Uh, yeah, Rampage is always a good show. I, what's the card today? Isn't uh, Adam Cole facing Ishii? That match is going to be yep. great. Yep. That match is going to be really good. Really looking forward to that. Ishii, you know, it's just uh, scary. Um, again, we'll, we'll talk about Ishii in a little bit, but aside from that, man, really looking forward to this weekend, have some stuff to do, um, going to make an appearance in El Apartamento at some point. Oh, nice. Yeah, have some, have a bunch of stuff to pick up, drop off, um, but aside from that, you know, it's, it's everything, everything is golden, everything is coasting, so having said that, I think we've uh, wasted enough time, let's talk some sports, let's talk some baseball, there's one topic I wanted to to birch with you to 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 connect to interface to to you know um, see how you feel. Also see, yeah, our, let's, uh... see what our uh, our listeners feel because this is going to be a hot topic as the season goes on, and that is hot topic from the hot corner. Yeah, bounce it off me, Boris. Let's go. <sighs> pitch counter, pitch timer. How do you feel? Like. The pitch clock? The pitch clock that they've introduced in some uh, lower levels of baseball. It's been there. So apparently, for e- between every pitch, with no one on base, you get 14 seconds. When someone is on base, you get 18 seconds, and it's a hard stop. After those 14 or 18 seconds, if the pitcher is taking too long, it is an automatic ball called by the umpire. But the batter has to stay within the batter's box meaning that he has to be ready to take the pitch if he's not if he's the one dilly dallying as they say then the umpire is allowed to call a walk or sorry um a strike interesting uh yeah i just uh now also they've been testing this out only for a few like a week and they've already noticed and this is like preliminary data that it has reduced game times by 25 minutes. Yeah, I was just going to say, I just Googled it. ESPN has a story three days ago. Pitch clock shaving 20 minutes off of minor league games. So it's working. I don't think it's a bad idea at all. I think you could talk me into upping the the limits up to like 15 and 20 maybe. Maybe that's how they'll negotiate a little, make it a, a little bit of a softer blow in the major leagues. But I think it's coming, Boris. I think it's proven to work. And they need it. Baseball needs it. 
Yeah, baseball games. Um, you know, the, the the regular season is one thing. Regular season games shouldn't be three hours. Playoff games, though, shouldn't be close to four hours. And that's what's really killing it. Yeah, I agreed, man. It, it, it This is a perfect solution, and it's working on the lower levels. So I just think it's a matter of when, not if. And if I was making the decision, it would it would be happening as of today. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know what they're waiting for, but... Yeah, it's going to come. It's going to happen. That's yeah, for sure going to happen. I feel sorry. Um, there's some pitchers who on purposely take a long time to try to get in the batter's head. There's some pitchers who, you know, the Hideo Nomos of the world, if you remember his windup uh, back in the mid-90s, right? Like he would do a bunch of walking around the, uh, the, uh, the, 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 you know, the mound. He would set up, he would look all around, and then his actual pitch release would be super long. So, you know, I think it's time for some pitchers to kind of like, I don't know, man. Like, pitchers and, and baseball players are so set in their ways. Yeah, uh, It's going to be very interesting to see how some of these pitchers adjust to the idea that they can't just, uh, you know, uh, take forever. There'll be a couple batters, too, who are badly affected by it. But by and large, obviously, it's going yeah. to be a pitcher issue. And Nomar yeah, I agree, Garcia, man. It'll be sorry. very... Sorry. Nomar Garcia Pera comes to mind. Exactly. Man. He would take the whole routine, adjust every piece of gear on his body, and do the whole, like, OCD routine, basically, before every uh, every pitcher would. Uh, man, yeah, no, I don't know, man. Nomar Garcia Parra's notwithstanding, this is a pitcher issue, and it will be very interesting to see which pitchers are most affected. Although, man, 15 seconds, you should be able to do that. It's yeah. only good. It's And they're only trying to restore what baseball used to be. Baseball used to move a lot quicker than it does right now. So they're just trying to bring back tradition, not take it away. Interesting that you say that because I can see an argument going both ways, right? Like, why are we having all these countdowns and the clocks? Well, because you players themselves have 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 drawn have, have have just taken the game and just extended it and used the rules and blah blah blah, right? So I can see the argument both ways, but I agree wholeheartedly with you. Let's bring this. Let's do it today. Let's do it yesterday. Even, um, you know who's gonna love this? Advertisers. Yeah, no doubt. Well, fans in general, man, it'll just make baseball more palatable, easier to watch, more fun. Yeah. I was watching th this random TikTok because we're into TikToks now. We'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> um, it, you know, and I want to verify this information. I'm pretty sure it's true, but I, I kind of want to get some more numbers, do some research, um, especially for the It's Canon podcast, it's canonpodcast.com. Um, and that is the way that a sports franchise conducts itself you know tickets sales and 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 all that stuff is essentially covering uh you know the the salaries of the team the higher ups the employees of the actual team etc that's that's where the majority of the ticket sales kind of funds where teams make a killing and i've known this is the concessions Beer and food every game. That's where they absolutely make a killing. So the mindset of these teams is that you are going to a restaurant with a sports-themed entertainment. Basically, it's medieval times. It, basically, that's exactly you're going where to I was going to go with times. it. <laughs> yes, Boris, I have some experience going to medieval times. I used to, uh, used to be, be a, a man wench. Yes, <laughs> a uh, a server at that fine establishment. Lots of fun. Not something I would recommend doing for a career, but definitely if you're like if you're you know an active person and you kind of would, would find that funny. I think that's it's a it's a fun job to have for like a year or two. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, man, I, that's so hilarious. They say the same thing about uh, movie theaters. Hey, remember those? Yeah, I know, right? No, but you're right. You're right 100%. Like, that's it, it's just an interesting take, I think, like to see kind of like the mentality. And that's what you're essentially taught when you go into, you know, the, the business execs and, and stuff. Like, you know, you treat this like a restaurant with entertainment as the background. Uh, just some food for thought. That's where that's the kind of bam show it is. You know, not only are we informative, not only are we entertaining, but we're educational.
we're definitely all of those three things all of the time. That's what I like about the BAM podcast. Uh, <laughs> I like these right, early so BAMs. <laughs> these early morning BAMs. So do you want to quickly uh, talk about this here NBA playoff that we are enjoying? Unless you're from Toronto. Hey-ho. <laughs> Ew, yeah. It looks like Shaq was on to something, and uh, maybe Toronto might get swept by the 76ers. But, yeah, I think we've seen the game of the playoffs was game one, Boston versus Brooklyn. But there have been some awesome games so far in the NBA playoffs. So, quickly, we'll tell you how it's shaking down. The one-seed Miami Heat over Atlanta Hawks 2 nothing right now. Two-seed Boston Celtics over Brooklyn 2 nothing. Boris, I picked Brooklyn to win the title. They're the seventh seed, but uh, they were the third highest odds to win the title coming into the playoffs. It wasn't insane for me to say that, but uh, no. it looking like I might have some some egg on the old face. No, it wasn't insane to say that. Like, on paper, I kind of agreed with you. I called Boston to win that series, if you recall. But, um, you know, it was one of those things. It was going to be e- like, okay, this, <laughs> wow. You know we're talking sports. When I was gonna, This is going to be my sentence. You knew it was going to be either or moving forward, and by yeah, that I meant interesting. Going, you know what I mean. Either it's a great, Boston, it's a great analysis, Boris. That's why we pay you the big bucks. <laughs> exactly. That's why I paid the little bucks. Um, Boston or Brooklyn, we're going to go far. Is what I meant. Yeah. Well, I said second round that the winner of the Brooklyn-Milwaukee series, that's the NBA championship. Now, I should have hedged my bet and included Boston in that trio. I should have said it's, you know, the winner, whoever comes out of that, you know, little triad will be the NBA champion. I didn't, and I'm not giving up on Brooklyn yet, buddy. They still haven't played a game in Brooklyn. They still have Kevin Durant. They still have Kyrie Irving. We're going to see. Maybe Ben Simmons will show up. Who knows? But uh, who? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I believe uh, I believe he's Bill Simmons' son. He's like a 16-year-old kid. No, yeah, Ben Simmons, former NBA player at this point. Hopefully he plays again. We yep. shall see. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks versus Chicago Bulls. The Bulls are hanging tough. We, we both said the Bulls would get swept. I don't think we showed the Bulls enough respect. We said we both said the Toronto Raptors would beat Philly. I don't think we showed Philly enough respect. We showed the Raptors too much respect. But we're homers. It is what it is. I'll wear that proudly. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I'm a homer for Toronto. Someone's got to be. Someone has to be somewhere. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 but at the same time, like, you know, this Toronto team is so young. So new, so different from the 2019 team. And, you know, Philly, they have a lot to prove. They have a shit ton to prove. And Bede has a shit ton to prove. Um, You know, and I'm not going to get into the whole referee and fouls debate. But, you know, that helps Philly, too, sometimes. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I mean, stars get calls in the NBA. It is what it is. We're just back to... uh, a pre-Kawhi day when none of our team gets any respect from the officials. No respect. We're the Ronnie Dangerfield of the <laughs> NBA. <laughs> no regard either. <laughs> oh, but I, I could do a whole bit, but I won't. <laughs> we'll do a yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll do a Ronnie know, day, Dangerfield the, thing. One day, we'll, we'll the entire episode will be dedicated to Ronnie Dangerfield and Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> oh God. Oh. All right, next And that's up. when we get canceled. <laughs> Phoenix Suns versus New Orleans Pelicans. Ow! Bam! Um, so, yeah, the uh, the New Orleans Pelicans hanging tough. Phoenix Suns might be without Devin Booker now for a couple weeks. Yes. It's looking like, Boris, is this going to be an upset? Yes, it's really looking like it. Like, you know... The Raptors are anything that could go wrong for the Raptors is going wrong. You know, Siakam isn't showing up. The refs aren't helping. Scotty hurt. Scotty, yeah, exactly. He's too new. There's a bunch of injuries, sicknesses, illnesses. Um, you know, and and Philadelphia's hitting on all cylinders. But we're still not as bad as the Phoenix Suns because anything and everything that could be going wrong for them is going wrong for them. And uh, you know what? Maybe maybe there is something to be said about experience in the NBA playoffs. Well, the Suns the Suns have experience at this point. They made the finals, but yeah, CJ McCollum is looking like an absolutely unbelievable addition to the Pelicans. Kind of looking like he turned that team around single-handedly. And the Phoenix Suns without Devin Booker 
man, that's a vulnerable team. Yep. It would not shock me to see the Pelicans move on here. But I do think at the end of the day, Phoenix will probably sweat it out. Chris Paul is still amazing. If, if he can go at all, he will be there. So, I don't know. They, they're going to sweat it out, though, man. That might go six or seven. That's going to be a tough one. Yeah. Uh, the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies up two games to one over the Timberwolves. Uh, Anthony Edwards and the Timberwolves looking unbelievable. Did you see, if you haven't seen anyone listening out there, the press conference, the first press conference Pat Beverly did after, I believe it was the Los Angeles Clippers play-in game where they officially made the playoffs. Go check out that press conference. He's with Anthony Edwards. It's so great. For the team that fleeced the Clippers to talk about the Clippers, <laughs> woes is the funniest shit ever. Matt, can you please explain, like highlight the what was said? Yeah, basically Pat Beverly's talking about how sweet it was to defeat the Los Angeles Clippers because they gave up on Beverly. They said basically he had nothing left and they kind of traded him as a throw-in to Minnesota. So Minnesota, glad to have Pat Beverly on the team. He is definitely like the uh, the vocal leader, it seems. If you had if this was hockey, you'd put the C on Pat Beverly's jersey on that team right now. It feels like to me anyway. And it was just an awesome press conference, just hilarious. Just Pat Beverly seems like the, uh, the leader and a charismatic guy. Probably has a future doing what we're doing right now, Boris, if he wants it after basketball. Oh, 100%. I feel like that was like a tryout. But no, honestly, that, um, yeah. The Clippers and their woes. You know, I, I think we they said still have, last... They still have Kawhi as of this moment, right? As of so. this moment. Um, in this moment, however that song goes. Here's the thing about the Clippers. I know they're not in the playoffs, but, man, they, they like the injuries have just caught up to them. And I know we said this last week. I don't hate to see this. No, yeah, you know, it's not. I'm not losing sleep over it, Boris. I'm not shedding any tears for the team that Kawhi left Toronto for, to be honest with you. And, and it you're wasn't a even the real fan. team from L.A., so go figure. Yeah, exactly right, buddy. Uh, so, yeah, just to wrap this playoff thing up, uh, Grizzlies looking like they're going to advance over the Timberwolves, but the Timberwolves really, really have given it a good go. Got to love where they're looking uh, towards in the future. They could be the Suns in a year or two. Golden State Warriors dominating the Denver Jokic, 3 nothing, And it looks like Luka is healthy enough to go. Dallas is beating Utah 2-1. to one. So I believe Dallas, as the four seed, buddy, could squeak past Utah, could end up playing the Pelicans or a banged-up Suns. We could see Luka in the West final versus the Warriors rather than the Suns. Yeah. Now, honestly, let's touch on the Warriors just because, dude, yeah. they, right now, in my opinion— you might not share this. I share this. This is Boris's opinion, the opinion of Boris. That is, they are the best-looking team right now in the playoffs. Oh, man. Well, they're up 3 nothing on Denver. Denver never had their full team all season. So you, we knew the Warriors were going to win this series. But the, the fashion uh, in which they are winning this series, they're dominating the Nuggets. So they're looking great, man. I, w I, I couldn't argue that point. Uh Right now, your final was Suns Heat. And my final was Warriors Nets. No, my I final believe, was right? Golden State. Golden State Heat. Okay. Uh, very, very good. So yeah, Golden State looking absolutely unbelievable. Uh, your your final still looking pretty good. Still looking pretty good. Although I do think at the end of the day, it's going to be Bucks, Nets, or Celtics who win the East and win the title. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens, man. Uh, one thing that we need to touch on, though, is the former Raptors. And it's lo I love to see Kyle Lowry and especially DeMar DeRozan just yes. killing it in the playoffs. Just killing it in the playoffs. DeRozan has, has, you know, he's out there to prove to everyone, and I think more San Antonio than Toronto, that he is a superstar. Well, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, both for sure. But, yeah, you, oh, man, Chris Middleton is out for the rest of the first round, strained MCL. I didn't realize he was going to miss the rest of the first round. I didn't realize the injury was that bad. Oof. That could be a game changer for the Bulls, too. DeMar DeRozan is an MVP-level player. You'd probably vote him, like, fourth or fifth, if that, on your ballot. But he is that close, man. Like, he is one of the top five to ten players in the NBA at this moment, and he proves it night in and night out, so... Yep, exactly. Exactly. Anything? All right, go Nets. 
Kyrie, Kevin Durant. Yeah, man, it's early. I'm, I'm figuring it out, working out the kinks. I got something lodged in this region right here, you know, Chris Farley style. <laughs> I love that. Uh, we got to start recording these the video <laughs> sessions. Yeah, man. I, I'm, uh, you know, I, I, I have a very expressive face. A girl I was dating uh, not too long ago told me that. I was like, oh, that's. That's cool. She's like, a lot of guys are just kind of like, like they don't really, but you have a very expressive face. I was like, oh, that's, I feel like I should use that to my advantage. Anyway, enough about me. Let's talk about some professional wrestling, buddy. All right. Let's talk about some professional wrestling. And in the same vein as, as NXT talk, I think we're going to start opening up the wrestling, the sports entertainment chatter with some news. So I got some news for you, bro. Nice not, that's, news that's, break. That's, that's, uh, you know what's funny? I wasn't even trying to do a Vince Russo. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, we should do like a Russo cornet thing one day too. After after the dice clay thing, we should all be Russo, you be cornet, or vice versa. That's amazing. All right, so we got some quick news. All right, and this is some some pretty fun news here and that's mlw mlw is going to crown the inaugural women's champion it will officially be known as the women's featherweight champion about time court no i'm just kidding that's cool good decision by major league wrestling and uh anything to kind of get yourself in the news major league wrestling good on you exactly exactly um honestly i haven't watched been watching mlw they've kind of hit the uh the nwa levels of my uh giving a crap uh methodology of watching wrestling yeah, absolutely. I yeah, like MLW and NWA. I will watch a humongous show. I'll watch the big two or three pay-per-views of the year and talk about them on the podcast. But other than that, nope, can't do it. Got to draw the line somewhere, Boris. Yep, man. And, the you know, it's crazy to think that ECW, Extreme Championship Wrestling, that closed its doors 21 years ago, 21 years ago, going into 22 is still making an impact in all of professional wrestling anytime that MLW, ROH, um, imp, uh, Impact Wrestling, anyone goes to the 2300 Arena, formerly known as the ECW Arena, you gots to bring in an ECW original. That's exactly what MLW is doing. They're going back to Philly, and the Sandman is scheduled to return for a few nice. dates there. Sandman, by Paul Heyman's own mouth, arguably the worst worker in ECW history, but perhaps the best character, and that's why we loved the Sandman. So I, I think it's great to bring the Sandman back because really, have you lost much from 1996? Is he going to be that different? He's going to be slow, stumbling around the ring, probably take a really dumb fall and hit somebody with a cane a thousand times. Here's the thing. He might be sober ish so he might actually <laughs> he be, might be better, better than he was in 96 <laughs> 60 year old sandman better than 30 year old sandman question mark <laughs> did i ever tell you my sandman story no please please tell me your sandman story i can't wait all right so this was i forget whether this was in the burt flickinger center in buffalo or the hershey center in mississauga i forget which show it was um all the show ECW shows that I went to kind of just blend together, um, and the, and 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 it, Sandman came out. Sandman was facing I forget who he was facing. Doesn't matter. Don't even remember. Obviously, and it, you know he did the whole entrance. You know his ten minute, fifteen minute entrance, and you know he was drinking his beer. I was three human rows. From the ringside, some would say third row, but when you're in ECW, based most. No, but when you're in ECW, your 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 seats end up wherever, right? Okay, so I was True. three human rows from the ring. Um, Sandman is is going through the crowd, ends up uh, beside me, grabs little like 12, 13 year old Boris's shoulder, uh, you know, goes on the chair, starts drinking. He looks down at me and he says, "Are you twenty one?" And he kind of smirks, and I just say yes. And then he's like, open your mouth. And then he, you know, does the whole beer gimmick on, on 12, 13-year-old Boris. 
Oh, oh my God. Well, at least if he was in Canada, it needed to be 18. Hopefully it was Mississauga. That's less of a crime. I feel like that's fucking crazy, man. Wrestling used to be so different. Holy shit. Could you imagine that happening today? I know. <laughs> and they were filming for TV. I know it's a fact that if, if it was Buffalo, it was for sure filming for TNN. Um, and, and then if it was in Mississauga, it was uh, obviously for TNN and hardcore TV. So it's not like this was a house show. So yeah, you were probably, so it was probably 99 to 2000, probably the year 2000. So you were probably 15, 14, if my math is correct. 13, 14. There you go. Holy fuck, buddy. That, that's hilarious. Today, if that were to happen and you were to like get the right person and post the right thing on social media, that could actually end a wrestling promotion, I bet. I know. That's like, I'm thinking, that's like, you know, <laughs> mass transit levels of what the hell is that wrong with society now? But that's okay. It's not quite. It's no. not quite. <laughs> I'm not. Hey, let's pump the brakes. Pump the brakes on this mass transit for a second. No, I don't mean it like, uh, it's too early for me to try to justify that comment. Sandman just slices Boris's head open like a tuna can. Jesus Christ almighty. So to finish the story, I get the beer, <laughs> opens another one. He does it again. He, you know, breaks it over his head and he hands me the can. I had that can for years and years and years. I moved out from my parents' place when I was around 17. That can of Budweiser was still, you know, hanging, was still there. That's amazing. Come That's home for amazing. a visit. My parents, those SOBs, they threw it out. They threw out the Sandman can? Oh, man, yep. you should have sold it before they threw it out. You might as well have gotten money for it. I, I mean, I obviously had you known. But, yeah, man, that's uh, that's a tough beat for young Boris. The Sandman can, dead, in a landfill somewhere. Yep, that's probably with Jimmy Hoffa and <laughs> God knows who. <laughs> <laughs> Tony D'Angelo's next four opponents. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, and half of NXT's career. <laughs> oh no! Oh boy! So Bobby Bacala and all the boys. <laughs> so that's ECW. Well, all right, uh, and then uh, on Wednesday, a little something something was announced. This little something something is going to happen on Friday, May. Uh, tickets for this little something something go on sale Friday, May sixth. What we're talking about is that on June twenty sixth, AEW, New Japan Pro Wrestling are going to co-produce. The Forbidden Door pay-per-view that will Very. be held in Chicago, Illinois at the United Center. Yeah. Very intriguing. Can't wait to see what uh, what is coming. Boris, next week, we're gonna do a little a uh, little fantasy uh booking of this show. We're gonna have a guest on, uh Paul York from the SNME radio a patron, uh, you know patronage and he's he's on the facebook group a lot he shows up on the after parties from time to time good lad we're gonna have him on the show and uh we're gonna we're gonna preview this here gimmick we're gonna see what we would do if we were tony khan slash new japan yep exactly um i gotta ask you this so i know that this card is going to be loaded it's going to be stacked but i'm being i'm really trying to hold back my expectations just because you know, after the excitement that we had for that Noah New Japan show and seeing what the card actually ended up being, you know, I'm going to wait and see the card to see how it actually shapes up before I get super excited. That's a fair take, man. Yeah, I, I, I've be, I'm nerding out a little bit. I think they could do some damage. Obviously, they didn't put this in the stadium, but I think if they took six months to promote it and to tell you why an Okada or a Tanahashi is the best of all time and give them some wins on AEW TV. I think they could sell out a stadium with this concept. So I have a lot of uh, hopes. I, I'm pretty geeked up for this. I would be disappointed if they got, if they gave us a Noah versus new Japan kind of card, if it was just full of tag team matches and just no, nothing we can really sink your teeth into. I'd be disappointed. 
Yeah, what I'm going to be like really looking into and 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 I guess, you know, somewhat say I'm interested in is how Tony Khan is going to handle the booking because he's never had to book a major show so close together, two pay-per-views a month apart. Uh, you know, we have Double or Nothing at the end of May. We have Forbidden Door at the end of June. I want to see him, and this is a real test, in my opinion, to see his booking abilities to do that quick turnaround. I think you're completely right, man. It'll be very interesting to see how it works. But you know what I mean? I think Tony Khan has he's in, he's proven that he's a good booker. We are in good hands with Tony. I completely trust Tony. I think he can do it. I don't think it's that complicated. I trust Tony Khan's booking in a way that I don't think I've felt about WWE, for example, since, what, the mid-90s? Maybe for a second in, like, 2005 I trusted them, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm still, you know, I don't know, the, 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 the foot, football lover in me, whether it be the Jacksonville Jaguars or Fulham FC, you know, still have a lot of doubts about Tony Khan and his time commitments at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. But uh, man, maybe the answer isn't like, oh, how is his wrestling product going to suffer? Like, it's clear that his football product has suffered. Neither the Jaguars or Fulham are particularly great. Maybe the answer is that he gets removed from those jobs. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And he can just stick to wrestling. That's kind of what I think is how his life will go. Yeah. And probably for the best, right? I don't know. Maybe we'll I'm see, wrong. but it depends kind of how his dad sees, sees things, right? Like, is this just, is this wrestling stuff for real or is this wrestling stuff just a hobby for him, right? Like, from, from Shaw Khan's point of view. Yeah, yeah. But, I, I mean, Shad has so much money. Shad, I'm sorry, has so much money that, man... He could Bob Ryder this thing for like two decades. Like, he, you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't need to worry necessarily. If Tony Khan could turn any kind of a profit, they're laughing. Yeah. Well, the thing is, they're not right now. Having said that, mm. you know, we'll see. Like, the next, you know, few years, I, I can't wait the next couple of years, to, you know, to get that five year kind of view into AEW's existence. For sure, man, for sure. It'll definitely see where their financials are at, see how this video game does, see if it can actually like draw some interest and be a very good game. It'll, it'll be interesting, man. Yep, exactly. So that is Forbidden Door, June 26th, Chicago, Illinois. Next week, Paul York, Yorkie himself, is going to be joining Boris and Matt uh, to chat some fantasy cards. And that kind of opens up the door, our own little Forbidden Door. And that's, you know, patrons, you know, we want to start talking to you a little more. We want you on BAM. If there's anything you want to talk about, shoot us a note. We'll get you on the show also on the Rampage Ramble, I think we're going to start bringing some some patrons to help with the reviews. Uh, you know, just uh, spread the love, get them on, have a chat. And, uh, you know, it's one of the, the quote unquote benefits of being a patron here at, at SNME. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a, a good way to kind of show your personality and face would be by interacting on the, the uh, after parties. You know what I mean? That's that's kind of where we meet you in a lot of ways. So yeah, man, I, I definitely am very, very much a fan of that idea. I want to get some more people on BAM and yeah, Yorkie's our buddy. You know, we, we talk to him uh, offline here and there. So yeah, I'm very excited for this new, <laughs> this brave new world, Boris, get some, get some listener feedback, get some listener uh, participation straight up listener co-hosts. Yeah, exactly. Straight up. Listener co-hosts is the perfect way to put it. All right, man. So, Impact Wrestling. Want to chat some Impact Wrestling? Yeah, dog. Definitely. Let's do it. I'm excited for Rebellion. Boris, I got to be honest with you. I'll look you in the eyes and tell you, I fell asleep during this show. So Impact is not the best wrestling show I've ever seen, but I am excited for Rebellion. Well, okay. Did you fall asleep because it was boring? Were you tired? You know, did you have some, some warm milk? Did you, you know, what, <laughs> what was going on with it that was when you fell asleep? I was tired, you know what I mean, but I feel like it was uh it, it was a, it was like a boring match. Not not it wasn't terrible, but I fell asleep during the uh the eight man tag, the Bullet Club versus Honor No More. Yeah. And I woke up and something else was happening. I was just like, "Ah, I'll watch the end of the show tomorrow." And I did not. I did not watch Good the talk. end of the show. You should have watched it cuz they did a great angle to close out the Josh Alexander Moose stuff, nice. but we'll get to I missed all the of match that I was most excited for, which was Speedball Mike Bailey. All right. Let's quickly run through yesterday's impact. Uh, it was from the 2300 Arena. Uh, so 
you know, one of the many stories happening right now is Violent by Design. So essentially, Violent by Design at the pay-per-view this Saturday, Rebellion, Fight TV, pay-per-view. Uh, they're going to be in a eight-man tag team scramble match. Uh, so it's them against eight teams, all these crazy rules. Uh, not all of the teams have been announced just yet, but one of the teams that were announced is Decay. And Decay is being represented um, by Taurus and uh, I forget who else. It doesn't matter. Crazy Steve, <laughs> is it? Yeah, it's Crazy Steve. Um, yes. Yeah, that goes to show you how good my notes were. Uh, but yeah, so. <laughs> so Violent and Design are represented by Eric Young and Diener. Yep. That's a fun team. I believe Boris, correct me if I'm wrong, two good Canadian lads right there on a tag team. Eric Young and Diener. So go get it, boys. And uh, yeah, Black Taurus, he's an awesome, like, uh, hoss is the word I'm looking for. Great gimmick, great uh, mask and look. Just absolutely stands out every time you see him. Crazy Steve. I like that character a lot. I have a soft spot for Crazy Steve. So dumb, it's great. Yeah, that's exactly how I see it. Uh, but you know what? One thing that you, what I do have to agree with you was that the in ring on yesterday's show wasn't the best. The matches went fast. Uh, you know, they, they it was crazy. By far the best match was the one that you missed and looking forward to the Mike Bailey, etc. match uh, setting up the triple threat. But, you know, at the same time, you know, you don't want to you don't want to give it all. You, you don't want to give it all away. You know, no, it's I a think, perfectly fine. It was it was a perfectly fine go home show for sure. I think part of us are being very spoiled by the way that AEW produces their TV. That, yeah. you know, it, it's the high-octane, pay-per-view quality, week in, week out, that when we do go back to an impact in MLW and NWA, it just feels very flat. That's a really good point, man. It kind of felt a little flat, and I think it's Tony Khan. He's he's breaking my attention span. Slow it down, Tony. No, it's uh, yeah, no, it's my own fault. I mean, like, it's not like the show is terrible. But then again, I did I did fall asleep at like nine p.m. watching it, so it's not like it was super late. I was watching live, and I just straight up passed out. So it, I, you know, it was. Uh, I I would still call it a good show, but it wasn't it wasn't you know what I mean like yeah. breakneck pace. No, no, and impact rarely is. That's the thing, right? All right, so um, violent by design win. Uh, you know, decay didn't get the momentum that they were looking for. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that. All right, so Matt Cardona, Chelsea Green, Brian Myers come out. Uh, you know, Cardona. Just his, his everything Cordona is doing right now is just awesome. He goes out yeah. there, he calls himself the Deathmatch King in the 2300 Arena. So you know that just drew a ton of heat. Uh, he says that he's and Boris. What? Oh, sorry, sorry. Go, go, finish. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, what did you just say, my friend, about the ECW Arena? If you put on a wrestling show in this building, you must book an original. Yes, you must. You must. <laughs> and when the Sabu Sandman Taz, well, not that Tommy Raven. Dreamer's allowed, Tommy Dreamer, Rhino, etc., don't pick up the phone, you get little Guido Mama Luke. Ayo, <laughs> <laughs> ayo, bada bing, gabagool. I love little Guido, though. In his day, one of the most underrated in ring workers out there. He was an incredible wrestler. He was so much fun. So, yeah, so. Cardona's obviously talking shit to the ECW faithful. Brian Myers basically says that, you know, while him and Cardona weren't on the same page, they are now. No one can stop them. Chelsea Green says that the three of them have won championships separately, and they were all fantastic reigns, but together, nothing is going to be able to stop them. That is when little Guido, Mariato, and Tony Mamalu come out to the 2300 faithful. And man, that was, you know what? We've talked about this. They are around. NXT, call them, please. Make that call. Make that call, NXT. Tony yeah, D'Angelo needs you. You, he, I'd be you guys for that. are his only hope. Tony D'Angelo can either squash one or both of these guys or bring them in as as pals for like uh, a month or two, kind of do like a Ted DiBiase, Cameron Grimes things uh, with, with some of these old uh, stereotypes of the past. And these these guys are right up there as some of the best. I like the FBI's work. And again, I think Little Guido was one of the most underrated wrestlers in ECW history. So I was pumped to see him. 
Yeah, this match, again, it was a safe match. Cardona does most of the work. Little Guido gets a little bit of offense. Uh, Cardona eventually gets the reboot. Guido goes for the Sicilian slide, but uh, Cardona gets out of it. He low blows him not once, but twice. This time he gets the radio silence, gets the win. Uh, you know, Brian Myers and, and Cardona want to put little Guido through a table. That's when W. Morrissey comes out. Um, Chelsea Green attacks W. Morrissey with a low blow. This brings out Jordan Grace. W. Morrissey and Jordan Grace end up putting Cardona through a table. Nice. Interesting pairing, Jordan Grace and W. Morrissey, the former big cast. But I'm for it. Yep. Uh, there was a squash match with Shira, uh, so that yeah. thing happened. Uh, worth, and then- worth noting is that Shira's uh, finish, the sky high, he calls it the lion's attack, I yep. think it was. Yep. But man, did he destroy this jabroni with this sky high. One of the great sky highs I have ever seen, the old like lifting powerbomb move that D'Lo Brown used to do. Yes. So there is... A lot. There are a lot of you know. We have uh, we have Sanga. We have the guy in AEW right now. We have Veer. You know, a lot of these big Indian guys going for the Indian demo, right? Yeah, I think Shira might actually be the best out of them, in my opinion. Sh- Shira right now has got a real something. He's got like a, a Ryback quality to him, right? Mm. But he's yeah, he's dope, and that that. He's like he's incredibly imposing, the like big scary dude, and that finish looks really good. So I think he's he's doing well for sure. Yep. And then we get into the match that put Matt Ederer to sleep, and that's Bullet <laughs> Club. Jay White, Chris Bay, and the Good Brothers versus Honor No More's Mike Bennett, Matt Taven, Kenny King, and Vincent PCO yeah, is out see. because he is still selling him being taken out by Jonah last week. Like, tough beat, yes. I like Jay White and Chris Bay a lot, but I see, like, Anderson, Gallows, Mike Bennett, Matt. (laughs) You know, I just fell asleep right there again, just reading those names. Just, I can't do it. (laughs) Wow. Oh, my God. Wow. Ah, It's early. I'm feisty. What can I I say? I know. I like this. Jesus. (laughs) By far, the biggest star in this match was Jay White. Uh, the second biggest was probably Chris Bay and then Kenny King to round out the top three of this match. Nice. Okay. I, I, I'm for it. Yep. Uh, Bullet Club end up winning this match. Fun little match. It wasn't the best. It was simple. It was uh, your typical, you know, it's funny. This was your typical Bullet Club New Japan match. Just, 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 you know, distract the referee, beat people up, isolate your opponents, rinse and repeat. Yeah, and that's that's what I mean. Like, it kind of felt like this by the numbers, like basic wrestling match was a lot of the New Japan Noah card. So I agree that I, there's a fear that this exact match is the entire all elite wrestling versus New Japan card on June 26th. Yep. Steve Macklin then cuts a promo on Jay White and Chris Sabin, and I really like this promo. Now he's not the best talker. But his point was awesome. He says that Macklin, uh, or sorry, Macklin says the only reason Jay White and Chris Sabin won their matches against him is because they had partners in the Bullet Club and in Alex Shelley. And he says that without their partners at Rebellion, they don't stand a chance against them. Short, simple, to the point, effective. Beautiful. I actually am kind of digging Steve Macklin's character. He's he's doing good work in Impact. Yep. The inspiration, um, they cut a promo until everyone's chagrin. To everyone's heartbreak, Caleb with a K is out of impact. He's done. He was let go uh, by the inspiration last week. Uh, they basically said that now that he's gone, they can focus on being two-time knockout tag team champions. And they can show how iconic they are. Nice. I like it. So, wait, they're officially no doubt babyface right now. Officially, right? Like that is, no doubt That is for face. sure a babyface act. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, Caleb with a K is gone from uh, from Impact. And that's a shoot, brother, brother. He's that's actually out. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, he, he posted okay. um, on his on his social medias, and his contract is donezo, and he's going home to Chris Statlander, basically. <laughs> hey, well, hey, there are worse fates out there, buddy. <laughs> a lonely existence of podcasting <laughs> every other day. <laughs> nah, we got it good. <laughs> All right. Uh, Mike Bailey and Ace Austin versus Trey Miguel and Laredo Kid. Dude, 
make some time to watch this match. This match was a lot of fun. And so essentially, it's Mike Bailey versus Ace Austin versus Trey Miguel at Rebellion. I love how Laredo Kid was just added here. Might as well throw him in the match somehow. Um, but this match was so good. Mike Bailey's offense looks like he's actually kicking your ass and terrorizing you. Absolutely, man. Like Mike Bailey's smaller guy, but one of one of the most unique wrestlers I've ever seen. Like there is only one Mike Bailey. There has only ever been one Mike Bailey, and the odds are there only ever will be one Mike Bailey. He is the karate kid come to life. It he is really just is. An, it it's just such an incredible engaging style. It just you want you watch this guy and it's just like who was that? I want to see him do more every time i watch him so yeah man i got a lot of time for mike bailey despite the fact that i was asleep when this happened. yeah exactly it happens man this match was a lot of fun it was very fast paced uh mike bailey asos and trey miguel is going to be a fantastic match but in true impact fashion my friend i'm telling you what are they thinking i don't know whether there's a good idea or a bad idea but they are part of the uh the pre-show yeah, I can see both uh, sides of this coin, but you gotta you gotta look at the positives, right? WWE punts their pre-shows a lot. They'll put the worst thing on the pre-show and they'll just say whatever. But really, more people are watching the pre-show than the actual show. You get more viewers watching whatever you're doing to build it up, right? You get more viewers watching for free than you do paying to watch the product always will be like that so put a good match or two put an important match or two on the pre-show and try to hook people i like that idea i think it's smart i i personally am in the camp where i think it's a it's a worthy gamble you know yep. i agree with you i think the, the you know the major takeaway that you said there and it's 100 true that the pre-show is watched by more people than the actual event more often than not. You know, WWE kind of has this lackluster pre-show where they just punt it. They go through the motions. AEW does the pre-show where they hits all the matches. So this is a nice little middle ground, in my opinion. Yeah, two important matches. Uh, tag team title, well, women's tag team title match, and what should be a banger of a three-way match. It kind of sucks that, quote-unquote, Mike Bailey isn't on the main card, but you don't have to look at it like that the WWE way where the pre-show is a demotion. The pre-show is a very important thing if treated as such, and I think that's how Impact is treating it. Exactly. All right, so Trey Miguel and Laredo Kid end up winning this match. After the match, uh, Ace Austin attacks Trey Miguel. He lifts up Miguel, orders Speedball Mike Bailey to deliver a kick, but Mike Bailey sets up in his true Karate Kid fashion and kicks Austin Ace or Ace Austin in the face. Uh, and he really likes nice little setup here for the triple threat. Nice kicks Ace Austin in the face, Austin. Yeah. yeah. Ace Austin, face Austin, 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 Ace. Very good. All right. Uh, <laughs> Honor No More talk. They hype themselves up. And then in one of the weirdest things that you could ever see, Vincent kind of says, I'll be back. He grabs, he leaves, walks to the garage, grabs some jumper cables, and the camera continues following him outside in another building, what looks like a garage, and they do the whole PCO Frankenstein thing. Yeah, and they revive him with uh, jumper cables. To the balls. <laughs> like Kane and Shane McMahon. Exactly. All right, then the main event, the final segment of the go-home show was Moose apologizing to Josh Alexander. So the main story, the through story on this episode of Impact was that Moose was forced to apologize to Josh Alexander after the attack at Destiny uh, here in Mississauga. Uh, he And uh, Moose actually speared Josh Alexander's wife. Uh, so that was a huge angle that Impact went with. And um, Moose comes out. He has R.D. Evans representing him. He ends up cutting him off and he starts talking for himself. And he says that he is sorry. He's sorry for how much of a loser Josh Alexander really is. He says he's sorry to his wife because Josh Alexander can't protect her. And he's sorry to Josh's kids because he proved that their dad is an actual loser. Jeez. <laughs> it was really it was a Moose. really good promo. Really Elon. good promo by Moose. Words I never thought I would utter. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, because Moose is uh, he's not he's not the a great promo guy. Definitely a, an imposing athlete, not the best promo. 
Yep. All right. This brings out Josh Alexander. He clears security. Scott the Moore literally just moves out of the way. They start attacking each other. Um, what Moose was tried to do a you know his 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 a move through a table, uh, but Josh Alexander ends up hitting a cease force spike through the table, and the show ends with Josh Alexander standing tall over Moose. Wow. Hmm. Josh Alexander standing tall, eh? Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. But that's okay. It's all right. We'll see. We'll see how it shakes down. Exactly. Impact Rebellion 2022. All right. But before we get to our Impact Rebellion preview, Matt, as we're recording, we had to stop for a little bit because we got some pretty sad news in the hockey world. Oh, man. Guy Lafleur has passed away. The probably uh, biggest legend in Montreal Canadiens history. And just not... I mean, there's some. There obviously the story is that like a family has lost a, you know, a, 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 oh man, it's just it's so sad. Guy Lafleur out of nowhere. Well, I mean, he was he was ill, but uh, yeah, rest in peace to Guy. I just quickly just just to just to illustrate uh, how absolutely incredible a hockey player Guy Lafleur was. The top six seasons for points in Montreal Canadiens history. Guy Lafleur, 1996-97, 136. Guy Lafleur, 1997, or 1977-78, 132. Guy Lafleur, 1975-76, 125. In a Montreal Canadiens uniform. Actually, sorry, Steve Schott did that too. But one of two men ever to score 60 goals in a Montreal Canadiens uniform. This guy was the best Hab ever. He was the best Montreal Canadian ever. He was the best player that the best franchise in hockey ever produced. I'm not saying he's, he's Wayne Gretzky, but this is one of the all-time legends of hockey. And uh, an ambassador for the game. Classy, man. No one has ever had a bad word to say about Guy Lafleur. So... Sad day, man. Holy shit. As a Montreal Canadiens fan, I'm sad. But, you know, in, in this moment, we can respect one of the greatest careers in the history of hockey. And I'll be wearing my Montreal Canadiens polo to work today. God damn. Yeah, it really sucks. Really condolences to his family. And, you know, the, the entire hockey world just lost a true legend today. Yes, sir. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, pouring one out for Guy Lafleur. Dang, buddy, that that sucks. That's a that's a punch to the gut to start the to start the day. Yep. All right, we have one last piece of business before we can all uh, go our separate ways and do our own stuff, and that is we're going to go through the Rebellion pay per view, which is being held this Saturday, April twenty third, from Poughkeepsie, New York, at the MJN Convention Center. As we mentioned earlier, the pre-show has two matches. You have the X Division uh, Championship match, Trey Miguel versus Ace Austin versus Mike Bailey in a triple threat for the X Division Championship. That one could steal the show right there on the pre-show. That might be the best match of this entire evening. Very excited for that one. Yep. Who do you think is going to take it? I hope they put the title on Speedball. I honestly think that that's how they should do it. Put the X Division title on the fanciest, the craziest, the most unique wrestler in the company. Yep. Agreed with you there. I think Mike Bailey will end up taking this match. All right. The second match that is a, that has been announced for the pre-show is Tash is, uh, sorry, for the uh, Knockouts Tag Team Championships, uh, you have... The influence, Madison Rain and Tennille Dashwood, the former Emma, Emmalina, versus the inspiration, the former Iconics, Cassie Lee and Jessica McKay. I think you got to change these titles too, Boris. Yep, I think agreed. the inspiration should win them back. Babyface inspiration. Agreed with you there. All right, on the main show for the ROH, uh, you have, sorry, not for the ROH championship, your ROH champion, Jonathan Gresham, is oh. going up against Eddie Edwards. A very important note, Boris, because that changes my pick. Uh, if this match were for the Ring of Honor title, I would say Gresham for sure is winning. The fact that it's not for the Ring of Honor title makes me think that Eddie Edwards is winning this match. Quite possibly. I'm still going to go with Jonathan Gresham. I think there's something to be said. Unless they plan to have Eddie Edwards face off against Gresham in ROH, I don't see why anyone would beat him right now. 
Uh, I agree with that, but I don't see why it wouldn't be for the title then, you know? Yeah, agreed. I agree with you there. All right, so you say Eddie Edwards. I say Jonathan Gresham. All right, the next match, Jay White versus Steve Macklin versus Chris Sabin in a triple threat match. I think it's got to be the switchblade, the knife pervert himself, Jay White. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Steve Macklin here. You know, they've been building Steve Macklin up. He got a few L's. Then they chalked it up to, you know, um, the, the whole storyline where, you know, he always gets distracted with people's teammates out there. So I kind of like that that beat through that beat that he's getting. Uh, so I'm going to have to say Steve Macklin. I think that Steve Macklin has taken this one. Cool. I will. You uh, watch more impact than me. I respect that opinion for sure. All right. We have Violent by Design. They are defending their tag titles in an eight team scramble elimination match. So do you know exactly, like, the rules here? Is this, like, a tag team turmoil? What's going on? I have no idea, dude. This is Impact we're talking about still. Yeah, okay. Like, let's remember, uh, this is still Impact Wrestling. Yeah, that is an excellent point. My guess is that this is going to be tag team turmoil, the exact format and rule set of tag team turmoil. Yep, that's what I'm assuming, but they haven't really announced that nor the teams. We know Decay is going to be there. We know Honor No More is going to be there, uh, but they haven't announced all the teams, so I can see a couple surprises coming. We'll see. Yeah, Wildcat, Chris Harris, and James Storm making an appearance, perhaps perhaps Team 3D, Boris. Uh, Devon, no, I doubt it. Unless no, yeah, unless, Devon's never wrestling. Unless they're again, bringing right? Spike out of retirement. Oh, I hope Spike can still go. Spike, oh, Spike might be one of those people who uh, might have some trouble walking around just because he took some insane bumps throughout his career. Spike Dudley was one of my favorites, so I'd love to see that. Yep. Uh, we have Jonah versus Tomohiro Ishii. Oh, hook it to my veins. Much like the pre-show uh, triple threat match, this could be match of the show right here. Yep. This match, I think, is just too Big meaty men slapping meat together. <laughs> It'll be very interesting to see if Ishii can get Jonah up for the suplexes and such, but he doesn't need to. He can just club him. Just clubber him. Exactly. All right. For the AAA Reina de Reinas Championship, you have Deanna Peraza versus Taya Valkyrie. So uh, you're going to notice a pattern here, Boris. You know what I would do? Change the title. Throw it on Taya Valkyrie. I think she could be a... Not that Deanna Perrazzo is doing a bad job as the AAA uh, women's champion, but I think Taya Valkyrie is obviously well-suited for that role. Yeah, one one thing to note is that Taya Valkyrie never actually lost her Reina de Reina championship. There you go. So very uh, interesting and important match. I would uh, throw the title on Taya. Yep. And I announced and did the preview for this match before the actual knockouts championship match because it's actually starting to bother me a little bit that... You know, right now, Deanna Perrazzo is still being treated, still viewed as the number one knockout in the division while Tasha Steeles is the champion. Yeah, tough beat for Tasha Steeles. I agree with that. So it's Tasha Steeles versus Rosemary for the knockouts championship. So you know what I would do, Boris? <laughs> Change the title. Throw it on Rosemary. But that's just purely because I like Rosemary because she wrestled a lot in Toronto Indies. I've seen her live probably, I don't know, like a half dozen times at least. So, yep. yeah, Rosemary rules. I want to see her win this title. But uh, I, I think because of what you just said, they need to keep Tasha Steele strong. So she has to win this match. Yeah, I'm thinking that Tasha Steele is going to take this match. And then the main event, probably the most anticipated match that Impact has put on in years. Is that a fair Years. statement? Is that a fair well, statement? I couldn't name you anything that comes even close, really, other than like Kenny Omega, Rich Swan. I would say <laughs> Kenny Omega, Rich Swan was probably more anticipated. But since that match, for sure, it's this. Well, we can't forget Jeff Jarrett versus Dixie Carter in the courtroom. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's a really good point, too. That's a main event in any courtroom in the country, Boris. <laughs> so the, for the Impact World Championship, it's your champion, Moose, going up against Josh Alexander. It has been well built. What I want to see happen is change the title, throw the title on Josh Alexander. He deserves it. He's earned it. He obviously has already won it, but got, uh, got it taken away, got screwed, as it were. So, yeah, I would think... That Josh Alexander wins. What might happen, man, is Scott Demore turns heel. I think Impact's doing some good stuff, and they're smart enough to avoid that, but it's still Impact Wrestling. Wouldn't surprise me if Scott Demore turned on Josh Alexander. Moose kept the title. 
the way that Scott Demore has been acting so against Moose, he even like moved out of the way for Moose. He's been very compassionate about Moose, empathetic towards Moose, or sorry, towards Josh Alexander. Uh, I can honestly see him. I can see him turning on Josh. Nah, hope I'm wrong. I hope they just play it straight and Josh wins this title. But uh, it's still Impact Wrestling. Yeah, I still like there's no point on the burial ground of the worst wrestling show of all time. There is no point, in my opinion, to have an uh, a, a heel authority figure in Scott Demore in Impact. There's no point to have a heel authority figure in wrestling anymore. Yes. It's 2022. But yes, agreed, agreed, a million percent agreed. I hope I'm wrong. Yep, exactly. I hope you're wrong as well, which rarely <laughs> happens here on BAM. And Matt, that is Rebellion. That's coming up this Saturday. That means that next week we're going to be reviewing, chatting, all things Rebellion. And we'll see how we stand with all the championship belts at Impact Wrestling. Yes, sir. Yeah, next BAM is going to be a fun show. We're going to do the NHL playoff preview because we're going to be right next to the end of the season. The NHL season ends May 1st. Our next BAM episode's coming at you April 29th. So there's going to be the NHL playoff preview. Also, we're going to have the Rebellion review, like you just said, Boris. And we're going to have Yorkie on, our boy Paul York. And we're going to fantasy book the Forbidden Door show. I've already booked my card because I'm a gigantic fucking nerd. I have 13 matches. I need to be stopped. You do need to be stopped. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> First, you said 10. Then you're 13. Then I saw 15 thrown thrown around in our convo. Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> I, I said we should do a tight 15 on our cards, meaning like a 15-minute uh, soliloquy, Boris. Anyway, anyway, I'm going to cap it at 13. I could, I could cut Hook, I guess, and make it 12, but I must send Hook on this show, Boris. You know what my Hook match is? I, I announced it in the thread yesterday. <laughs> I might have to steal it from you. It's a really good hook match. <laughs> Some would say, hook it to our veins. My God. My God, Boris. But yeah, that'll be a fun show next week. Definitely excited. I'm actually, I'm kind of pumped to watch Rebellion, although I probably won't watch it live. I'll get to it during the week at some point. Exactly. No no issue there. All right. So you're a patron. You know what's coming up here on the SNME network of podcasts. But just a reminder, if you're a patron, and you want to join one of the podcasts, specifically BAM or the Rampage Ramble, shoot us some matches. We'll chat. We'll get you on. We'll talk wrestling. You can help us through uh, the, the wrestling world and whatnot. Thank you for listening. He is yeah. Matt. I am Boris. Until next time, goodbye. I got to go jump in a quick shower. Yeah, yeah, yeah.